if it hadn't been for Instagram socially woke meme pages, I would have probably not come to know about the Hathras rape case as soon as I did because the news channels obviously couldn't catch a break from the Bollywood drug drama and the SSR murder conspiracy. Now that Indian media seems to have finally woken up from its deep slumber filled with spicy stories, the nation knows about the traumatic episode of the rape and consequent death of a 19-year-old Dalit woman in Hathras district of Uttar Pradesh. What the Supreme Court has called shocking and extraordinary is hardly a first. What happened is yet another image of our country's communal, casteist, and patriarchal fault lines and how we have yet again failed to protect our women. Welcome to One and All, I'm Ashika and you are tuned into the Connect Test podcast. Today, we are going to discuss the Hathras rape case. First, let's have a quick recap of the case. On September 14, 2020, she was gang raped allegedly by four upper caste men and after fighting for her life for two weeks, she died in a Delhi hospital. The victim's brother claimed that no arrests were made in the first 10 days after the incident took place. After her death, she was forcibly cremated by the police without the consent of her family. This was another example of the rampant sexual violence faced by India's 80 million Dalit women who, like the male counterparts, languish at the bottom of India's unbending and harsh caste hierarchy. Its aftermath played out the way it usually does when a Dalit woman is attacked. That is, police are slow to register a complaint, investigations are tardy, forensic reports are doubtful of whether it was actually rape, and all the insinuations that it had nothing to do with caste and everything that follows in order to make the process as smooth as possible for the upper caste perpetrators of violence. Even the media is no better. The incidents which took place after the death of the victim leading up to her cremation have shocked the nation's conscience. The sensational case which has shaken the heart of the nation is now no longer just about the victim, but it includes everyone involved in demanding justice for her, for every girl before her and those begging for change for the entire nation. It has shown spotlight on the critical flaws in Indian society, the media and the authorities. First of all, we need to question ourselves why sexual assault on women is still so rampant. Centuries of patriarchy have conditioned men to see women as the weaker sex. And it's not just the men at fault. But even some women cannot bring themselves to feel empowered because that's not the way they have been brought up. Another major reason is delayed justice in reported cases where the police in the penal stages delay investigation or the victims are themselves not in a position to support such investigation. And even the following court proceedings take very long to come to a justified conclusion. One thing that we as a society are responsible for is a social stigma. Women who drink, smoke or go to pubs are instantly labelled as morally loose. Whereas all of these are acceptable if a man is the doer. Why can't we get this hypocrisy out of our heads? 
Why do we have to enforce self-defense on a woman but cannot teach men how to respect women? Sure, we have come a long way with women taking over and excelling in almost every field. But whether one is a six-figure earning city girl or an average village girl, the fear for their lives is the same. But then again, this case has proved that there is something always worse when you have already imagined the worst. Because casteism in India has always made assault on the lower caste women much more unbearable than an upper caste one. The Dalit women who comprise about 16% of India's female population face a triple burden of gender bias, caste discrimination and economic deprivation. They are victims of the cultures, structures and institutions of oppression, both externally and internally. We have a long way to go. This case has also brought to question the credibility of Indian media, which is probably at its lowest now. There is probably more fake news peddled by mainstream news channels these days than from other sources. When the news broke out initially through social media, Agra Police, Hathras District Magistrate and UP's Information and Public Relations called it fake news and that some people had twisted the incident to stir caste-based tension. Even the forensic results suggested that there had been no rape. But calling this assault fake news when it was clear that there was tension between the families is detestable and clearly shows the partiality. Finding journalists who fight for the marginalized and the weak is rare and Tanushri Pandey stands out for her coverage of the recent Hathras gang rape. As if the bestial cruelty inflicted on the 19-year-old woman wasn't enough, there was police high-handedness on display when the victim's body was forcibly cremated and at the center of all this mess was Tanushri Pandey, a political and investigative journalist with India Today whose fearless pursuit of justice in this case needs to be singled out and lauded. However, not unexpectedly, she has been targeted by vicious political parties for the same. The case and its subsequent handling has received widespread media attention and condemnation from across the country and was a subject of protests against Yogi Adityanath government by activists and opposition. Rahul Gandhi and Priyanka Gandhi were accosted and detained by police and UP who in turn attacked Adityanath, saying that he should have at least the decency to call the alleged gang rape and killing a tragedy. However, their visit was dismissed by BJP as a political stunt, the way everything in this country is ultimately turned into a political stunt or propaganda. Arvind Kejriwal demanded execution of the accused and around 5,000 manual scavengers in Agra went on a strike to demand justice for the victim. Meanwhile, the Supreme Court described it as extraordinary and shocking, while hearing a petition seeking a probe by the CBI or Special Investigation Team into it. A bench headed by Chief Justice of India S.A. Bobde and comprising Justices A.S. Bopanna and V. Ramasubramaniam sought suggestions from all parties on the scope of proceedings before the Allahabad High Court and what it could do to expand it. It asked the Pradesh government to file a response by Wednesday 
on its witness protection plan and whether the family of the victim had access to a lawyer. The matter will be taken up for hearing next week. The condition of women in India is like an open wound. One doesn't have to add salt to worsen it. If it's simply left unattended, it will ultimately crumble the whole organ, which in this case is the society. We have left this problem unattended for far too long. Arrests and compensations only make so much difference. After all, money can never equal a life lost. It can never compensate for the trauma that a survivor has to carry rest of their life. This case is particularly important for us to look deeper into the way lower caste women in India are treated. They have been victims of sexual violence for as long as anyone can remember. They continue to be stalked, abused, molested, raped and murdered with impunity. Ten Dalit women were raped every day in India last year, according to official figures. Earlier the violence was invisible and unreported, but now there's more visibility. However, we still have a long way to go. The scenario needs to change for lower caste women, for women in general, and for every human who is robbed of their right to consent and dignity as a human being. Thanks for tuning in and we hope to provide more food for your thoughts. That was it for this episode of the podcast. I would love to hear what you have to say on this topic. Head on over to theconnected.com slash podcast and visit the episode page to leave your thoughts and suggestions.